Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. Hi sis. Welcome to Truth Talks with Tara. The purpose behind this podcast and online ministry is to help beautiful women like yourself know, love, and live God's truth. Not only will this be a space of truthful, faith-filled talks, it will also be a place where we let God's word speak for itself because God's truth speaks. My name is Tara, and I'm your host, but you can call me your sister. Join me each week as we talk about the truth of God's Word and how it can ignite us with purpose. We'll talk about God's Word, how we're called to live, challenging topics, and grow in faith together. My prayer is that God would use this podcast to encourage and equip our hearts. Let's be women who love His truth, live His truth, and spread His truth. How are you doing today? I hope you are just living and loving the joy of the Lord today. I am so pumped to sit down and talk to you today. I mean, let's be honest though, now that I think about it, when am I not excited to talk to you here on the podcast? I am sat down with my cup of coffee and my iPad, some of my notes and my Bible, and I'm really looking forward to kind of this girl chat. You can tell by the title of the episode that we're going to be talking today about biblical dating or Christian dating and all of my tips or nuggets of advice that I have. I still feel even though I am newly married today, I'm actually, Michael and I are celebrating our one month of being married, which is absolutely crazy, but I still feel like even though we dated for a long time and even though I'm married now, I still don't always feel that qualified to speak on this, but I'm just going to share some honest takeaways that Michael and I learned when we were dating and things that people taught us and also just kind of practical principles from the Bible because let's kind of like set the stage and get really serious right now. Like this might blow your mind. I remember at one point when I was younger, it blew mine too. But side note, did you know that the word dating actually isn't anywhere in the Bible? It's actually a man-made system. It's actually something that someone, I don't even know who, but someone made up along the course of time. So 
when you read the Bible, the model that's represented within the pages of the Old Testament and the New Testament is actually arranged marriages or interfamily marriages early on. So you think about Adam and Eve, I know that's obviously a separate kind of situation, but God joined them together. There's other families um, in the Abrahamic line and the Davidic line. People are just set up or arranged. And I know that happens a lot of times still in other countries, but you will never find the word dating in the Bible. And so I think a lot of people have questions like, is dating even biblical? But just because dating isn't literally stated in the Bible, like there isn't actually a word in the Greek or Hebrew. Greek is what the New Testament was written in. Hebrew was what the Old Testament was written in. Even though there isn't a word for that in the Bible, it doesn't mean that dating is not good. It doesn't mean that it's not biblical and that God doesn't want us to pursue it in a way that honors him. So here are some beautiful principles, meaning tips, encouragements, and things that we can draw from God's word that we can apply to dating. So we can take principles that God says and tells us and we can transfer that over into how we date because as Christians, I'm sure you've heard sayings like date to marry, date to honor the Lord. All of those things sound cheesy sometimes in the church. Believe me, they sounded cheesy to me, but they do really apply. So first, let's talk about the proper perspective on dating for the Christian. So I pray that this episode encourages you no matter where you're at, first and foremost, in your relationship status, whether that be single, whether you are dating, whether you're even engaged or you're just looking for some counsel on this. Again, I don't have all the answers. Michael and I definitely were not perfect despite what social media may portray at some time. So just sharing what God has taught us and some of the awesome truth nuggets that he's given us in the word. So now this isn't, we're going to be talking about the standard, the proper standard and perspective on dating first before we dive into the tips. Now this isn't a standard and I'm not talking to people who aren't believers because this doesn't really apply to people who don't belong to Jesus because as a Christian, dating really should revolve around our faith and around our belief and our love for God. But this should be something that we as Christians keep in mind as we date or as we prepare today. So again, whether you're in a relationship right now or whether you're single and you're waiting and you're preparing your heart to date. So let's answer this question first. These two questions I have for you. Number one is why should we date? So when I think of the word why, I think of the motivation behind what we do, what we do. So why do we date? The world would say that we date to have intimacy, to have companionship, to have fun, to have a fling. But God actually tells us in the Bible, he tells us about marriage. Again, he doesn't say dating, but he talks about how marriage is actually a picture of God's relationship with the church. It's God's sweet gift that he gives his people, some of his children, to experience just a taste of the intimacy of what God sees when he looks at us. So, you know, you hear things in the Bible like we are God's bride and he is our bridegroom. So he is the groom, we are the bride. It's kind of a funny way of looking at that. But if we think about it, marriage is supposed to be a taste of the relationship that God has with his church, the love that he has with his church. And marriage is also a really beautiful way to honor the Lord and to serve the Lord as two people who are joined together. So that is the why of why we as Christians should date. 
Again, there's going to be relationships, and I'll share a little bit more about this later, that don't end up in marriage. And you maybe you date a guy and it doesn't end up being the one that you marry. But in the back of your mind, in the back of our minds as Christians, I really believe that dating needs to be held in a way that we see marriage as a potential. That's our why. We date to marry. We date other people to see if they are someone that we could marry, someone that we could see living our lives and maximizing our glory potential for the Lord. I mean, dating isn't just to have a fling, to have intimacy, to have sex. Obviously, that's a whole nother thing we're going to talk about. But dating should be, as a Christian, a way to evaluate. One of my favorite pastors is Ben Stewart from Passion City, the DC church, the Passion City church. And he says that singleness is about devotion and dating is about evaluation. I love how he puts that. Dating is a point where you can evaluate the connection and the relationship, the companionship that you have with someone and you evaluate with the Lord and together if you guys are going to be running towards the Lord together and if you could see yourself committing to this person and honoring the Lord with that person. So it may sound like a bold statement, but the why behind why we as Christians should date is for the end goal of marriage. That's what God hounds on so much in the word. That's what Paul talks about a lot in his letters about marriage. And so if we see dating as something that leads to marriage, we need to honor that in the same way. The second question that we're going to answer is what's even the point? We kind of touched on that a few seconds ago. What's even the point of dating? And I'm going to reiterate it again. The point of dating, again, a a man-made system, but if we take dating as a launching pad into marriage, if we take dating as a evaluating point, the point of dating is to find out if you are compatible. I don't love using that word sometimes, but to find out if you are meshed well, yoked well, which we will talk about that more, with the person that you are dating, with the person that you are spending time getting to know, getting to serve God with. So that is the point. Dating isn't supposed to be a long-term thing. I know situations are different. Heck, I mean, Michael and I dated for almost four and a half, five years. But dating isn't supposed to be the end-all, be-all. God explicitly states in the word that marriage is the end-all, be-all for a lot of his children. Not all of his children, but a lot of his children. So those are the two basis questions I just want to lay the foundation on. Why should we date and what's even the point? So grab your cup of coffee, um, turn up the volume if you're in your car, if you're working out, whatever you're doing, and let's get into some of the tips I have, some things that Michael and I have learned, some things that we have learned from other people, our own personal stories, and more. It is about to get real, and I am so excited to share. I know many have requested a dating-like episode, so I did ask Michael a lot of questions, so a lot of these tips are also from his heart, so here we go. Okay, so number one, this is a really good mix of very spiritual and then also very practical, if that makes sense. So again, all of these tips, I pray, are rooted in God's word and principles from his word and also just from our personal experience. So the first one I want to share is, it's, I mean, you hear this one all the time, but it's to find someone with the same Jesus pursuit as you. God's will for your future marriage is to be equally yoked. 2 Corinthians 6.14 talks about how we are called to be equally yoked with our future spouse, meaning when you get married. So this is a funny word, but let's paint a mental picture here if you're not sure what that means. So you hear equally yoked a lot, whether that be on social media, in church, when something is brought up about marriage. So 
Back in the time when they wrote the Bible, they used the word yoked because a yoke was this wooden, it was mainly made out of wood. It was this bar that would go across mainly the back of oxen or work animals and it was this long bar that they attached across the backs and shoulders of animals to be at the same spot on their shoulders so that they could work together in rhythm and do work well and be at the same spot and that one wouldn't pull ahead of the other and so that also the the guide the owner would be able to lead them in a direction they could follow together and it would just be profitable because let's be honest when you have two people like think about when you were in grade school and you did those races where you each had you had a buddy and both of your inside legs were taped together and you had to do that three-legged race it's kind of the same thing where paul was using this illustration of being equally yoked because if someone is if you're not equally yoked with that bar across you evenly one is going to want to pull ahead of the other and it's just not going to be beneficial for the work that you're doing and so that's the exact same illustration that we use here and so here's a little history of my past relationships. I was in a relationship. I didn't technically call it a relationship, like a dating relationship, but it, it really was now that I look back at it. I was a sophomore and at that point, both of us were not really walking that strongly with the Lord. We were definitely not equally yoked. I called myself a Christian. I really believe I was, but I wasn't living in a way that honored the Lord. The guy that I was seeing definitely was not. And so that's an instance where in that Dane situation, if I lo really looked back and I was honest and I evaluated it, we were not equally yoked. We were not at the same spot. He was not pursuing the Lord. I wasn't pursuing the Lord, but there wasn't an evenness and equality there that we were both following the Lord. When they say to be equally yoked, it's not just talking about with um, characteristics or hobbies, like having the same likes and dislikes. Equally yoked means finding someone that has the same love and faith for God. Again, we have to have grace for each other because we're at different stages in our faith. You know, there might be younger Christians, older Christians, more mature, different backgrounds of faith. But for the most part, we need to have a relationship that's founded upon both people striving and trying their hardest to follow God, being a genuine Christian. And so that is the biggest tip I think is the most foundational. Second, I would share is to prioritize prayer. Oh my gosh, this is a huge just encouragement and command from God in the Bible in every season of life, every area, every day of life, but also just, I feel like even just more so in dating and relationships, prayer is not only our connection to God to ask for things, but to ask and receive his wisdom, to acknowledge his trustworthiness, to acknowledge his plan, to hear from God. And so if we're not prioritizing prayer, we're not going to, going to be able to understand where he wants us to go. It honestly, too, when we don't pray, it doesn't acknowledge that we need God. It doesn't show our dependence on him. And boy, do we need God when we are in a dating relationship. Do we need God every single hour? And so prioritizing prayer, whether that be both with your boyfriend and also by yourself and with your family, and just being in prayer about, God, how do you want me to continue on this, with this relationship? Share, share with me where I have slipped up, ways to repent, and God will answer you. He will give you the guidance you need and the clarity if you're confused on the relationship. 
Okay, number three is everyone's favorite dating tip, but I just have to, I have to get it out of the way, but I also have to prioritize this one, and that is to date with purity, and not only just purity of your body, like no sex before marriage or no messing around, not even only just physically, but purity of your heart and your mind. Purity, I wrote a blog post on my blog, immeasurablymoreblog.com a while ago about purity and what no one tells you about it. And I remember growing up thinking that purity was just something of your body, but I realized through understanding who God was and reading the word that purity actually isn't just about your body. If anything, it starts in your heart. It It starts with a heart posture of honoring the Lord and wanting to remain set apart for him and obeying him and It's just a bigger thing than we realize, but we confine it to our bodies. But just to date with purity because our minds can wander into lustful thoughts. Our bodies can wander. And just to remember to have pure motivations in why you date. And just remember your why. Remember we talked about just a few minutes ago, the why of why we date basically. So I know I'm sure you've heard that one a lot of times. Okay, so this next encouragement, I don't necessarily have like a Bible verse or a passage for you. But I found it to be super, super helpful in maintaining a relationship, in maintaining a really solid foundation, and that is to build your relationship, your dating relationship, upon a friendship, basically. And I mean, this is kind of a no-brainer, but relationships aren't just purely romantic. It isn't just butterflies. It isn't just kisses and hugs and mushy-gushy. I think for the most part, relationships, even in a romantic setting, are actually built on friendships. They should be built on friendships. And this looks like getting to know one another. I mean, think about some of your best friends. You get to know who they are, what they like, some of their attributes, their characteristics, what makes them tick, what they struggle with, what they believe. That's really important. All of those things. And that's what you do with friends. So why wouldn't you do that with someone in your dating relationship? Because again, your dating relationship should lead into a marriage relationship. And if you're not building and getting to know someone as a friend and who they really are, your life, your relationship is going to be going to be a majority of a friendship that turns into a companionship. So just to never neglect the importance of getting to know your boyfriend in just a purely friend way. Obviously, there's more romantic feelings than you may have for other friends, but it's really important just to get to know them and never stop pursuing them in that way, if that makes sense. The next encouragement is the hardest thing and the biggest thing that I wish I was better at to be super, super raw and honest with you when I was dating, and that is to hold your dating timetable with an open hand. So, I mean, you've seen it before, you've heard it before, holding your hands out to God with them stretched out and completely flat and not with your fist closed and tight. This basically just represents a posture that trusts and surrenders God with our lives, our timing, what we expect and everything to God because Oh my gosh, friend, asserting our own time frames on things, on our dating relationships only leads to disappointment and frustration when things don't go our way, which oftentimes I think you can relate. We don't get our way a lot of times when we follow God. 
But that's not necessarily a bad thing. If anything, if we really love and trust God, we can have hope that his timing is better because he knows more than we do. He sees what we don't see and he has a reason for our waiting. He has a reason for his timetable over ours and his will for us. There's a verse in 1 Thessalonians that says that we would be sanctified. God's will is that we would be sanctified, made more like him. And he can absolutely sanctify us through our waiting. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash truth talks. To be extremely vulnerable, like I promised, I was that girl who obsessed over when she would get married. Right away when I first started dating Michael, I had this idea in my mind that we would be married in X amount of time, like two years after dating, that it just seemed to be right in my mind. Like it just made sense that God wouldn't want me to date forever and, you know, maybe have temptations arise or if you know, then why don't you just get married? But what happened when two years passed? What happened when that time frame ran out? You may be asking. When suddenly it was the year that I I planned. That's that's the key there. When I planned to be married and God hadn't said yes or opened that door. Well, you can probably guess I was disappointed, frustrated, and bitter at God. So this encouragement is to learn what it truly means to trust God and surrender to him. Really put Proverbs 3, 5 through 8 into practice. A really practical way to learn and trust God is to get to know him by reading his word, by spending time with him. Because the more we know someone, the more we'll trust them, right? Think about your best friend, your parents. The more that you know who they are, the more that you spend time with them, the more that you're going to trust them, right? You see who they are and you're like, I can trust you because I know you. And the more you can trust people with your secrets and your plans. And so the same goes for our relationship with our Heavenly Father. When we truly see who He is in all of His glory and splendor, we can trust that He's better, that His ways are better, His timing is better, and that His will goes beyond what I can imagine, what you and your boyfriend can even imagine. And so all we can do is really follow what God is telling me now and be prepared for what he has next. I mean, I really feel like it takes one day at a time to a completely different level.
Alrighty friend, I wanted to take a quick pause on our episode to share about our sponsor for today's episode. I am so blessed to be able to have amazing Christian brands and friends that partner and rally behind this podcast. And I want to do my best to share brands, products, missions that really could add value and encouragement and God's truth to your life. And so today I am so excited to share about Shop Unrivaled Boutique. It is a faith-based women's clothing boutique where you can find beautiful hand-picked pieces that their goal is to attribute to your radiant beauty from the inside out. They don't want to detract from the natural beauty that God has given you and the beauty that comes from your heart on fire from the Lord. So when you put your outfit on from Unrivaled Boutique, Emily and Emily, the owners of this boutique, no matter the occasion, no matter the day, they want you to feel unrivaled. That means they want you to feel like you can take on whatever you might face in the day because Jesus is on your side. And with a adorable outfit, anything is possible. Over the last few months, I realized that I'm really only wearing the items from Unrivaled's Boutique. They are so soft and quality and very, very comfortable. What I love too is that they have a vast array of different styles for so many different women. And a really big bonus is that they give back every month. They select a new mission or nonprofit to support that uplifts women in Christ. And so a portion of all their sales from that month goes directly to that organization. And you can find that on their website. Use the exclusive code TARA15, TARA15 at checkout. I will have it linked below on your order to shop Unrivaled. They're gorgeous clothing items, accessories, shoes, and more. Thank you Shop Unrivaled for sponsoring today's episode. I am so thankful for the connection we've made for your amazing talent and quality clothes. And just thank you for giving us all an opportunity to wear our faith and look pretty stinking good while doing it. So if you're unfamiliar, Michael and I started dating when we were like 17. I think we both turned 17 within like the last six months of us dating. So we were relatively pretty young by our standards at least. And so this next encouragement I would give you is to invite your loved ones and family into your relationships to an extent. For us, it was really important since we were so young and since we are so close with our families to have that guidance and support and accountability with our family. Because one, we were very young and two, we really valued the wisdom they had and just knowing that they loved us so much that they were willing to just counsel us and encourage us through a relationship and support us was so, so helpful. So no matter what age you are, you don't even have to be as young as we are, even if you're older. Guys, I can't stress enough to you how important it is to have your family. And if you're not comfortable with having your parents involved, having friends, having women at your church, having other couples rally around you, have dinner with them, have them pray over you, have them just be your texting buddy and say, hey, how are things going? Having someone there just to ask questions and just to have their presence surrounding you is so, so important, especially those that have such strong marriages and that are really, really willing and committed to encourage you in dating as best as you can for the Lord. I just think that's so important. I just love my family too, so it's just such a blessing. 
The next thing I would encourage is to also stay true to your absolute like must-haves in a future spouse, like a checklist, but also be flexible on the minor things. So I think there is probably only a handful of us girls who didn't write a list of like what they want in a husband. I definitely have that list somewhere. I'm pretty sure I kept it. And it's just this silly list. I mean, some of the things were silly, like he has to have dark hair, which is funny because Michael's kind of like a brunette blondie, but I mean, they had the list of like, has to love God, has to love my family, you know, all of the lists that we make, the future husband list. And what I've realized over the years is that it's really important and we should as believers to stand firm in the absolutes, meaning he must love the Lord. He must be willing to lead our family and glorify God. He must want to be serving or serve God in his life. So those are like the absolutes, right? And for me, another absolute was to be able to get along with my family because let's be honest, you also marry the family in a way. Like you are going to be connected to your in-laws and your family for the rest of your life. So that was a big absolute for me. And then another absolute was just someone who was willing to work hard and provide for our family. And so those are the absolutes. But my point here is to also be flexible on the minor things. Minor things being, I wrote, he has to have dark hair. He has to have dark eyes. And it's just so funny because God really flips that on its head sometimes. Like sometimes you end up getting what you wrote down and sometimes a lot of the times you don't. And so being willing to be flexible on what you expect out of someone because again, God literally has so much better in mind for us. And so not being disappointed when you meet someone someone that you're really excited about and has an amazing relationship with the Lord and you see potential, but oh, dang, he has a blue car. I mean, that was a stupid example, but like he works here or he has red hair and not black hair, you know, just like things like that to be flexible on that because I think all of those things follow after you have your absolutes. Another key thing that we should never forget, and it just kind of ties into finding someone that loves the Lord and is pursuing him with you, and that's just worshiping God together. So again, this is not only our call as Christians, just as Christians, our identity in Christ, to love God first and foremost, but it's also a way to avoid others like friends, and in this case, boyfriends, whatever, becoming our idols. So when we're worshiping God together and we're worshiping God first and foremost, it keeps him at the center of our heart, which is where our affection should be as Christians, not even our families, not even ourselves, not even other people in the church, pastors, preachers should be worshiped, adored, loved more than our God is. And so it's easy for that to become something that we struggle with when we get into a dating relationship. And even when we get married, even and engaged any of the stages, it becomes easy because there's this huge attraction and this love and this desire for someone in your life that fills a lot of the boxes and holes in your heart. But to remember to worship God together and when you're doing that together, it reminds both of you at the same time and individually that God needs to be on the throne of your heart first. And it also make sure that you don't idolize one another because it may feel good in the moment to have each other as your idol. It sounds bad, but it may feel good and it does feel good, but just in the long run, it's detrimental because God doesn't say to love him first just because he's an egomaniac and he has this giant head. No, he says it because he knows it's for our good. He says it because he deserves it. He says it because he knows that that's what we really need in this life. And so Again, another one of those self-explanatory ones, but a really important one to touch on. 
I would also say to not stop fellowshipping with other believers and hanging out with your community. I was reading this article from the Gospel Coalition. It's one of my favorite places to read articles on certain things and just to research and study. And they said this quote, and it just really stood out with me. So I had to share it with you. So it says, be just as jealous for his time with the body and his friends as you are for time with him. So jealous meaning be so committed and be so desiring for him to be connected with his brothers in Christ. Be so desiring that just as much as you desire to have time with him. We love to have one-on-one time and to be with our boyfriends, our fiancés, our husbands so much. Like I would be with Michael every single day, but we know how important it is from God's word and from other people and just from life experiences to be connected to the body of Christ. Now, we're not saying that spending time with your boyfriend isn't important. It is to get to know each other and to grow in Christ and to serve him better, but we also can't neglect the beauty, the encouragement, the growth, and the edification that comes from being with your friends to being with your sisters in Christ. And so it's really important to not neglect that and to also give grace and if your boyfriend says hey I need time with the boys tonight I need to go to bible study I need to go bowling I just need to be with the boys with my friends with my dad with my brothers or whatever that may be to just ready and settle your heart to be like yes like please go do that because we know that if he is hanging out with the right people that are just encouraging him in the Lord, that time is going to refresh him and it is also going to make him a better boyfriend and eventually a better spouse. And it's really easy to take that personally and be like, oh, he doesn't want to hang out with me, whatever. But we need to find a good balance of that, right? A good balance of him hanging out with us and spending time with us, but also prioritizing his time with the body because we need to remain connected. And the same thing goes for you too, girl. Spend time with your community and your sisters in Christ. Okay, the next thing kind of goes along in the same way, the same just theme of patience, and that is to give grace and be patient with God's process of growing one another. So to be completely honest, I never really did this very well. (laughs) I hate saying it, but I was really impatient and I would look at different relationships and think, oh, gosh, it's taking so long for God to grow this person in their relationship and it's taking so long for him to grow his maturity. Like, why isn't he at my level yet? Why isn't he here? Why isn't he like this other relationship? And here's the thing, God's timing, again, like we said, we need to have grace and patience for how God may be growing your boyfriend in his season and his timing. I'm not saying to prioritize a relationship with someone who doesn't love the Lord, who is really stagnant, who doesn't seem to care. But I think at the same time, we need to have grace and be really, really patient with the level and the sanctification that God is taking your boyfriend through. And the more we get disappointed and frustrated with our boyfriends for not being at a certain place, the more it's going to just disrespect him and belittle him and just really not make him want to grow anymore in the Lord. And so... Just pray for your boyfriend. Pray for him that he would just continue to grow and desire and just love God and just to prioritize that. And the more you pray for him, I cannot explain to you that God is going to bring that to fruition. And so just pray for his relationship and be really gracious with how God may grow him and when he may grow him because that can be really tough sometimes. Okay, this is another one that we hear a lot, but I just got to reinforce it again, not only in just friendships and relationships in general, but this dating relationship. 
Don't let disagreements and conflict simmer. Can I be super honest? It kind of surprised me, but when I first started dating Michael, when we would have conflicts and disagreements and we would get upset over things, especially when we, you know, we weren't together, when we were texting, we were calling, I really surprised myself. I actually, a lot of times, I just didn't want to talk. I said, Michael, I don't want to talk right now. Let's just like wait. But the beauty, and I'm so thankful for it, is that Michael would say, no, I'm coming over or I'm calling you. We need to talk this through. And so I think it can be easy in the moment to want to just shut down and not talk about it, maybe because your pride's hurt or you don't want to give in or you don't want to see this not go in your in your favor and not go your way. But I think it's so important to pursue peace and unity, even in a dating relationship, not only in, I mean, it's so key in marriage and that communication aspect is so key, but also remembering that the more that simmers, the more you let bitterness and hard-heartedness and anger just root in your life. And that is exactly what the enemy wants. That's exactly what God warns us against. And so I just encourage you, whether you're in person, whether you're texting, whether you're long distance, whatever that may be, do not let those disagreements go on for long. Take that time to pray and to step away if you need to and ask the Lord for guidance and to calm down, but do not let them simmer. Don't let them boil. Don't let them have that time over you. And so as we wrap up this episode, I just have a few more to share, but this one I feel like is huge. And that is to let go of the shame you have from past mistakes or relationships. So friend, I don't know where you're at in your relationship status or what you've done in your past, but I know we all have shame in certain areas of our lives. So friend, if it's a repented sin or relationship, then you have the freedom from shame in God's name. Hear me when I say this. When Jesus died for you on the cross, he nailed your past, present, and future sins to it. This doesn't mean that we don't have to repent or ask for forgiveness, but this does mean and this does remind us that we don't have to live in shame or sin any longer. This might be shame from past relationships, maybe shame from not choosing the right person, maybe shame from past hookups, past lustful thoughts, past things that you searched on the internet, literally anything. But the more we let shame hold us down, the more it's going to not only put a barrier through our relationship with God, but also just be really detrimental to future relationships. And so just remembering as First John 1 9 says that we, if we are, you know, if we confess our sins and we turn away from them, God is faithful, meaning he will always forgive us of our sins. And so let shame go. Let that go at the feet of the cross and just continue moving forward. Let go of that so you can live anew in what God has for you, not only in your dating relationships, but just in your life in general. This tip is one that I asked Michael about and I just thought it was so stinking good. He said, Tara, marriage will intensify every quality about a person, meaning like when you get married to someone, that like qualities of them will just come out even stronger and you'll notice them more. So keep that in mind as you date someone and notice their characteristics. So this is a really good encouragement just to evaluate and be aware of Per, like that person's qualities and characteristics and how he acts, how he reacts because everything will be amplified and intensified in marriage. Kind of a short and sweet one, but just let that simmer in your mind. If there are things that are really, really concerning in your dating relationship, it may be something to evaluate now knowing that as you date for marriage, it may just come up either as a problem or maybe can be worked through later. But I hope that makes sense. 
The next tip I would give you, the second to last tip that I would give you is to not expect your boyfriend to lead you like a husband is called to lead in Christ. I mean, don't expect and put that pressure on him, but do encourage him to build his faith and love for God so that someday he will be ready to be that leader. I think a lot of times I was under this false impression that Michael needed to lead me like a husband, but then I realized we're dating. We're not actually married. Sure, he should lead and he should love and he should um, just really prioritize his relationship with the Lord when you're dating, especially if you're dating for marriage like we should be. But we can't put all of that pressure on them when we're dating. The pressure is on and the responsibility is on when you get married, when you enter that covenant under God. But just to encourage him and give him grace as you're dating, because again, dating is a preparation for marriage. And so just to encourage him, and um, just affirm him as you guys are working towards marriage because again, dating is just temporary. Marriage is your end goal. The last encouragement I would give you comes from Ephesians 6 and that is to put on the armor of God every single day. That is a command from us from God to us, I mean. And it's not only for relationships, but for everyday life. And so please don't doubt and don't forget the reality of spiritual warfare in our lives and also just in dating relationships, not only in marriages, but when you date someone, when you have that intent to date someone to honor the Lord, the enemy hates that. The enemy hates anything that has to do with the Lord and he wants to hurt us. He wants to hurt God's people. And so Satan hates the thought of two people seeking to honor God in a relationship too because he sees that there could be crazy kingdom potential of you guys coming together. And he also hates marriages that are rooted in God. And so if he sees someone dating to marry, he's like, I want to destroy that. I want to create footholds. I want to create dissension and miscommunication so that those relationships will fall apart. And so I just want to encourage you to go read Ephesians 6 again. Put on that armor of God. Well, friend, that was another episode of Truth Talks with Tara, and I loved getting to sit down and girl chat with you about the important things and some of the things that are really confusing to talk about in Christian relationships. Again, it's really tough because God doesn't say a ton about dating in the Bible, but don't be confused. Don't hear me wrong here. God has given us everything we need for dating, for this preparation into marriage. And so I pray that this episode was encouraging. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love getting to be here with you. This podcast is such a blessing. And if it has blessed you in any way, if you loved this episode, no matter where you're at in your relationship status, would you please take a moment and consider screenshotting this episode wherever you're listening, post it to your Instagram stories and tag me and my Truth Talks with Tara podcast account. It's the best way to spread the word about what God's doing here, what God alone is doing here. Also, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please take the time to leave a star rating review and write a review. This is seriously the coolest way to be able to partner with this ministry, this podcast hand in hand and help us reach more people because ratings and reviews are so, so important to help this podcast just reach higher in the charts, which again, like I have said, helps us reach more people for the Lord and just help people know, love and live God's word. So Here's to being women who know, love, and live God's word in our lives and in our relationships, our dating relationships like we talked about today. You are so loved. I adore you, and I can't wait to talk to you soon.